Welcome to the Testimony Service Podcast, the podcast that will encourage you, increase your faith, and draw you closer to God. I'm your host, Martina. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So in an effort to help our listeners' faith increase, each episode will begin with a scripture. Today's scripture comes from Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. The Lord himself will go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never leave you. He'll never desert you. So don't be afraid. Don't lose hope. And now for episode 38, Stripper to Saint. My name is Rhonda. I was born in California, born and raised here. I was born in 1950. I think I was nine or 11 when I accepted the Lord in a little tiny Lutheran church in Glendale, California. I was also baptized there. My brothers and I went to that church there. My family really never did go to church, but this little church helped me accept the Lord. And then my life went backwards until I was about 40. I didn't have much of a childhood, nor do I remember any relationship with my dad. And I contribute to my lost way of life by not having that relationship with my dad. I never remember my dad saying, I love you or anything. I don't remember my dad, actually. My childhood in... Uh, it's kind of like a blank to me. I can remember a time when my mom and I used to go roller skating all the time when I was young. And she would drop me off sometimes on a Saturday night and pick me up. And we knew a lot of friends there at the skating rink. And um, she was going to be late picking me up one time. So one of our friends said, your mom called and uh wants me to have you wait with me until she picks you up so you're not waiting by yourself. So I didn't think anything of it because this man, we knew him very well. He was a friend. So I went and sat in his car with him and he raped me at 11 years old. I was horrified, covered in blood and didn't know what to do. I don't remember how that evening ended or what happened but I know that I went my whole life and never told my mom what happened. And then by the time I was 16, I had a boyfriend that uh, picked me up one time for a date. And he came over to my house and said, I want to, you know, let's go have a good time. And he gave me a handful of pills and I took them. And he took me up in the hills and he must have planned this because I was gang raped at 16. I get emotional at this part because you don't realize anything when you're young. You're do stupid things, you know, because I didn't think anything about it. And here I am, uh, 70 years old, and I'm, I'm writing a book about my life, which is the title of it is Stripper to Saint. And I never thought about any of that in my life because I just went on with my life and never had any problems, never had therapy, never had anything. And 
never realized the magnitude of any of this until I until I started writing this book, which took me 28 years to write this book, if you can believe it. God gave me a vision in 1991 or something. I started it and never finished it. And the Lord gave me the ending of my book last year. So, so after that, I don't remember even how we came down the hill or anything, but I know that he had to have that plan because the, all the guys were up there in the mountains. And, and then I became involved with men, drinking, drugs, sexual immorality. And when I was 16 years old, I got a job as a topless dancer in a little stupid little bar or one of my friends asked if I wanted a job. The guy uh, that was the owner of the bar got a phony ID and I started dancing. It was very hard. It was very hard to take your clothes off in front of people. I mean, I'm 16 years old. How dumb can you be, you know? But I worked there for a while. People that used to come in and see shows all the time in this little place wanted me to go work for an agency and start doing stripping, but that didn't happen for a little bit. I kind of met my first husband in this bar. I even lived in my car for a time before I was 18. And my girlfriend and I, we lived in my car in Hollywood and even worked in gay bars just to get some money because we didn't have any money. And I was too proud to go home. All of this stuff happened between 16 and 20. There was a time that my girlfriend and I wanted to take a break from reality, I guess you would say. And on our days off from dancing at this little bar, we would drop a tab of acid, go driving down the freeway with animals jumping off my car and wanting to have a good time. And we wanted to pick up hitchhikers. So we picked up some hitchhikers, not knowing that they were gay. And when we found out that they were, we wanted to take them to a hotel and convert them. So we thought we were pretty funny, you know, and remember going to a little tiny place in Hollywood called Tiny Nailers. And we were sitting there having a Coke with these total strangers. And there was a car next to us and it had a big old pimp in there with a hooker in there. And they were talking to us and flirting around. And my girlfriend at the time that I was hanging out with and dancing with, she was a little more bolder than I was. So this guy wanted to, uh, wanted us to follow them and take us to make some money and I wasn't about to do the things that he wanted us to do which I share in my book but I don't really want to say now so we followed them and he had us park our car somewhere and we believed that we were kidnapped because we don't know where we were he took us to some little hole in the wall hotel we were terrified because he was pretty big and pretty drunk and so he made all of us take our clothes off and get in bed together, total strangers. And the lady or whoever she was with him knew that we were terrified. So we got out of that one barely because he passed out. So she said, just get dressed and just go. So we got dressed and ran out of there. Don't know where we were. Don't know where my car was or anything. And I don't even know how we escaped that, but those are some of the things that happened. And so when I was working at this topless bar, I met my first husband, 
And this famous stripper came into that bar and she wanted me to go on the road with her, go to Japan or China or somewhere like that. Well, I was pretty naive and thinking, oh, I'm going to be famous. Some famous stripper wants me to travel with her and la, la, la. And my future husband said, are you really that stupid that you're going to go? Do you know that if you went with this woman, you would never come back? You will never come back. They will keep you and put you into sex trafficking and all that. I just had no clue. I was just like flattered that she wanted me to go. So I didn't go. He said, you either marry me or forget it. So it was scary because I look back when I'm writing this book thinking about, oh, my God, how did I survive that? How did I live through that? Where was my mother? How did I do this stuff? I have no clue. I have no clue. I loved my mother. We were close. But in those days, you know, it was like being born in 50 and in this was the 60s. That was when we watched the Fonz and Ozzy and Harriet, you know, and whoever talks to their parents, you know. So I don't know how I got away with things. I don't know how I escaped death, but I started uh, making really good money, going to different shows and working in really very bad areas. And I really don't know how I lived through any of that. But I was still dancing and stripping when I got married at 20. And then all of a sudden, my husband decided to have morals because he met me in a bar. He wanted me to quit dancing. So I did. And I was kind of tired of it anyway. And mind you, I went my whole life being raped at that young age and never got pregnant. You know, women get pregnant just by blinking at them. I never took pills. I never took preventative pills to get pregnant or anything. I just never got pregnant. And I always thought I was put on earth to be abused by men. I really did. I just didn't care. I was at times suicidal. I was just like, I am on earth to be abused by men, and I just didn't want to live anymore. So when we got married at 20, I got pregnant with my first kid at 21 years old, and then my second kid when I was 23. So I was married 22 years in a very dysfunctional marriage, and I put my husband before God. I loved him so much that I put him on a pedestal, he never beat me or anything, but I did have a lot of emotional abuse. He always made me feel like I was the fattest, ugliest person in the world. I better not leave him because nobody would want me with two kids. And I lived in fear most of my life with him. That went on for 22 years. But somebody told me about this little church in Sun City and told me that this pastor was really good about ministering with kids that were on drugs because my son got involved with drugs as he got older. So I went to this church, not believing that I needed any help, you know, and he it was a great pastor. And if it wasn't for his wife and him, I don't know where I would be because like I said, I was 11 years old when I accepted the Lord and walked backwards till I was 40. And 40 is when my marriage fell apart. And this pastor and his wife just took me under their wings and loved and invested in my life. 
And he always used to say to me in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And when we separated, I went to church. He went off and did his thing, and I just lived church 24-7. I was afraid to be by myself. I had never lived by myself. I slept with my Bible. And he would give me all these scriptures, you know, like my favorite scripture when I was separated was Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, where the Lord says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. He did. I read that every day. And God had changed me from the inside out. He gave me a new heart. I was devastated when I left him in 90 and I prayed for five years for the Lord to heal my marriage and my husband's heart hardened towards God. I never realized the magnitude of how much Christ loved me until I started writing my book. It's like looking for love in all the wrong places. All this time the Lord was with me and I didn't know it. He was there the whole time. Every one of these journeys, I should have been dead, and I wasn't God saved me. My life just started changing. The Lord just grabbed onto me and pulled me back in. So I no longer had to dance naked before man. My heart was changed. I became a worship dancer at my church, and I danced before the Lord. He gave me the gift of dancing. The enemy wanted to kill me. The Lord gave me that gift, and I used it for him. So in, in Psalms 30, 11, it says that you have turned for me my morning into dancing. You have put off sackcloth and clothed me in gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praises to you and not be silent. My Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. God took this broken woman and made her whole and gave me a new heart because he loved me. He has given me a new husband that I thought I would never be happy, which I share in my book because it's a gift from God. I never thought I would ever find somebody else and be what God wanted me to have. He is exactly what I prayed for and more. So God can do the same for anybody if you let him in your heart. Today, we have been married 24 years, and we both, between us, have seven kids and 30 grandchildren. One great-grandchildren and another great-grandchild on the way. We serve in our church today mostly in marriage ministry. My husband has a doctorate in counseling, and he's a licensed marriage family therapist. And all of that was because I let go and trusted God, and he was there the whole time, even though I didn't know it. And remember the word says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So I pray that God blesses these precious ones listening to this ministry that you have. My story is a story like anybody else with horrible things that happened to them. But in every single 
thing that has happened to me, the Lord was there for me. And reliving these painful things, which have been very painful to write, especially that gang rape, I almost could not finish my book. It was so painful to write all these years later. But, and I suppose I had a little bit of shame and a little bit of fear of what my family would say, you know, because no one in my family knew anything about my life. My kids knew that I used to be a dancer, but they didn't know. And my mom passed away seven years ago, so she never knew any of this. And here I am exposing myself. But my heart, the whole time I wrote my book, was I saw and felt in my spirit the pain that women are in being trapped in darkness, using their bodies for work, forced into Mm. prostitution or sex trafficking. And I just want my book to give somebody hope. Even if it saves one person, it will be worth it. I felt the pain of people as I was writing this to the point where the Holy Spirit took my fear away. And I can say it is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. And my family just has to get over it, I guess. The Lord saved me. So I have to tell my story. It's not a little thing. It's not a little thing what I have lived through. And when I read back my story and my book, what I'm writing, I can't even believe that that was me. It's like I'm not even that person. It's just awful how women, mostly women, get so abused and they're trapped in marriages and abuse. I just can't stand it. So Not only is this going to be a book to hopefully help somebody, but I pray that it ends up being a ministry of a safe place for women to come for prayer or whatever, you know, like one of the videos on how you found me in the hashtag world. I have no clue what I'm doing, but you found me. Somebody might see it and I'm just going in blind faith because I have to tell my story. I I wish I could say I served the Lord all my life. I didn't. I wish I could say that I've been a Christian. Well, I have all my life, but not walking forward. So at this point, I owe the Lord everything for saving me. So that's my story. I love it, Rhonda. Thank you so much for sharing. And yeah, it's okay that you weren't, you know, the perfect Christian growing up. Because if you were, then this testimony wouldn't be as powerful and impactful, you know, that it is. And um, God used what you did in the world for his glory, you know, and he changed that totally around. And so can you talk about or like encourage people who may be listening, who are like ashamed of things that they did in the past and just talk about how God can use that for their glory, that they don't necessarily have to be ashamed of it or feel like it's not something that God can use or that he can change them around? Yes, because our God gives you gifts and the enemy wants to use it for bad. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you, but it's a gift from God. And I love dancing. So anything that you do, God can turn it around. If you don't know who the Lord is, all you have to do is just ask him to come into your life. You're not giving up anything. You're 
receiving internal life. But I didn't know that he was with me the whole time because I didn't even know my dad. So I didn't know a godly figure like God was up in heaven and when I want him, okay. But I didn't even know how God could be your father, your everything. But I didn't ask for half of the things that fell off of me when I was going through my divorce. I, out of desperation, needed something. I needed a savior. I needed something. I had to hold on to something because I was hurting so bad. But all of these other things fell off of me. And then when I started going to church, the gift of dancing just came out of me. And there's nothing more beautiful in the world to me than to worship the Lord with your whole body, mind, soul, and spirit. Oh my God, it was wonderful. We had the best dance team. We had like 11 girls on our team and it was so anointed and it was so beautiful. But that is what the enemy wanted to kill and destroy. God turned it around for his glory. He always turns it around. There is nothing that you can do or have done that God won't turn it around and save you and you give him the glory. Nothing. There's nothing you can do that he will not be there for you. Nothing. You can't even die without God letting you die. So (laughs) I, I just can't even believe how amazing. And then to turn around and bless me with a perfect husband. Here I am this, I mean, God has a sense of humor. Here I am this woman that was, you know, slept with everybody and all the stuff that I lived through. And and he gives me a God that never slept with anybody. And he's this holy man who does that. (laughs) God bless me with a perfect husband. And I'm like, are you kidding me? God has a sense of humor too. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So, okay, going back a little bit. So when you got married at first at 20 years old and you were married for a while and it didn't work out, do you feel like that failed marriage in a sense saved you or that God used it for your good? Yes. I I didn't think at the time that I would survive. I begged my husband to stay with me. I was so in fear of being alone and nobody would want me. But God has done a miracle in this sad relationship of, you know, it wasn't ordained by God. We met in a topless bar, you know, but there was a time when I was begging my husband not to leave me, that I could have killed him. I could have killed him if I would have had a gun because I hated him so much for hurting me and for not wanting me and being married 22 years. I was so full of hate and anger. And it's only by the grace of God. And to this day, my ex-husband and I are seriously friends. We're wow. friends. I've invited him to my house to have parties for the kids and stuff. And I've truly forgiven him. But that is only by the grace of God that I could do that because I wanted to kill him. Wow. And God turned it around. It, it's really amazing what God can do. Everything that was bad, God turned it around. And all of the drinking and the drugs and the cussing and everything, I didn't ask God to take that away from me. He just did. Mm. I just was hanging on to my Bible for life to survive. And all of that horrible stuff fell off me without even asking. I love that because a lot of times we will in our own strength, try to 
like change our lives and fix it ourselves. But then that's kind of counterproductive to the whole point that we need a savior and that (laughs) when he's in our life, like he'll, he'll do all the heavy lifting for us. So I I absolutely love that. Okay. So you talked about before how you put your husband above God. So can you talk about now how you've learned from that and how, you know, maybe some advice for a young woman who are either newly married or who want to be married one day to keep their priorities straight and not to, yes, yes, you're in love with this person, but not to place that in a position to where it becomes like an idol or where it's above God. Yes. That was something I totally did not understand. Well, you know, the Bible, the Bible does say to not be unequally yoked. And he does say, you know, that we're not to be sleeping around until we get married. Well, most of the world doesn't do that. So they usually put the cart before the horse. But I really learned that I needed to put God first. Because if you make God the center of your life and lean on him, he can heal marriages. He can heal bad marriages. If you're a woman and your husband doesn't believe in God, but you do, or you're a Christian or vice versa, you need to lean on the Lord, pray, and let God heal your marriage. Don't Bible bash each other. I've learned that with my husband now because my ex-husband and I fought all the time, cussing, swearing, fighting all the time. And that's all that I knew. So when I got married to my husband now, He never fights. We never had a fight in 24 years. We're almost 25 years. I had to learn that. I had to learn to lean on God and pray. But most women wait till it's too late. And a lot of people that are probably listening to your podcast are all hurting people. And what I try to share in my book, which my book is meaningless without the word of God. God structured this where I tell you my horrible things, but I have a scripture for every single thing that's happened. And it's only by the grace of God, you know, that you can get through things. But Jesus has to be the center of your relationship or you won't make it. Because I don't know how people survive without the Lord in their life, but I will never go backwards again. I never did. I mean, as soon as I made the decision to turn around at 40 years old, I've never looked back. I'm happy. I have a great husband and it is possible. And God is not a respecter of persons. If he can do it for me, he can do it for anybody. He he can do it. You just have to let him in, let go and let God because he loves you. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Can you talk a little bit about unanswered prayers? Because you you said that you, in your first marriage, you were really praying that he would stay. So, you know, even putting that behind you, but just as you live, you know, on a day-to-day basis now, you pray about things. So just talk a little bit about how unanswered prayers can sometimes be a blessing in disguise. And then also a little bit about trusting God's timing. Yes, that's something that was really hard for me to learn. I had to learn that it's God's timing. I prayed with all my heart for five years. My whole church was praying for my marriage to be healed. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. I was so devastated. And I went to my pastor and I said, what is going on? And he said, well, you have a free will. And there was adultery. So you do have grounds for divorce. But 
it seems that your husband's heart has hardened towards God. So you have the choice. And at that time I was going to church and I saw how people were happy with marriages, Christian marriages. And I wanted that. I never had it. I wanted it. And I had to learn that that was the will of God. And now you look back on your life and you can see how the Lord wove everything into place with his timing. He had something special for me. He knew that my ex-husband's heart was not going to change. And now I have learned to just trust God because I didn't ask for my book to take 28 years to write. I went through years of guilt because I thought I let God down because I didn't write it when he told me to. But then I realized that I needed the ending to my story. And I'm the woman of God I am today because of the strife I went through, because of the bad things I did, and because of how I lived and what I did. It made me a stronger woman of God. So what the enemy wanted for bad, God turned it around for good. That's how God pulls you out of the miry pit. And so I consider myself a warrior princess. I am not going to go backwards in that. Yes, yes. That's just, uh, you just have to trust God because he knows the beginning and the end. So when you pray and you don't get your answer right away, you wait on God because he knows he will answer you. It took 25 years for my son to quit doing drugs. I prayed all the time for my son. And sometimes people give up praying they think what's the use of praying for my kid or whatever god doesn't hear me and i've done it a lot of times myself you know i'm tired i'm so tired of praying for the same thing it's not gonna it's not gonna happen you know but it does this just proved it that he orchestrated this whole book and it fell into place and god just opened the doors he brought me a husband and i asked him to because he heard me he wants the best for us he wants the best for you and you just have to hold on and let go and let God and trust him because he hears you. He hears and sees every tear you cry for your kids. The abuse that people go through, it breaks my heart. And I do believe that God shed tears over me that day. I was gang raped. I know he did because I really should be dead. So I just pray now all the time where I didn't before. And I just trust the Lord because he's answered all my prayers, just not when I wanted him to. Yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you're 70 years old and you're still kicking. You're going strong. You're pursuing new things. I love it. Can you talk about how you're never you're never too old to follow your dreams you're writing this book you're getting on social media you're you're figuring out instagram <laughs> and facebook with the help of your grandkids um but but no seriously talk about you know you're never too old to get right with god you said about 40 years old is when it turned around for you and at 70 years old you're finally writing the book and it's about to come out so you just talk about that a little bit yes i think if god gives you a vision I don't think he ever intends on us to retire if you're working for the Lord. I think that he has something for everyone. He has gifts for everybody has different gifts. And I think if you hear from God and you have something that he puts on your heart, then follow your heart and go for it and go in blind faith. Like 
I just took a chance and went forward with this book. It's like I envision, okay, Lord, I'm going in blind faith. He parted the Red Sea, and I. he only asked me to go through it. He made me go through the Red Sea. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know where my book's going to go. I just know that he told me to go, and I'm going. And we never have to retire from serving the Lord because there is so much wisdom and older people you know in the end times it says he's going to give us dreams and visions and we need to be the uh, voices and the pillars for these young kids in this generation that's so much worse than when I was young and my heart just goes out to them I feel like there's a lot of ripped torn families and parents don't know how to even help their kids anymore they don't even know what they're doing And my mom didn't know what I was doing, but it's even worse nowadays. I wish I could just open my heart and put it on the table. And you can see that they just need to open their heart and let God in. God is real. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He never left me. All of these rapes and all of these things that I went through, Although they were horrifying and horrible, I'm still here, and now I'm turning it around. And it is by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, because the enemy wanted to kill me, and I'm alive to share what God has done. Yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait to read the book. I love this testimony. And I will personally send you one. Oh, yes. I need an autographed copy. Yes. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am. All my friends can say, I knew you when. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, well, Well, I'm excited. It's just the beginning. I don't know what God's going to do, but I just pray that if my book can save one person, it's worth it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Testimony Service Podcast. Be sure to check out the episode description where I'll leave all the information for how you can contact Rhonda, how you can get her book, how you can follow her on social media. She's killing it, y'all. She might be 70, but she's killing the social media game. Step your game up. (laughs) Uh, We'll be back next Wednesday. In the meantime, go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Testimony Service Pod. And as always, here's a sneak peek of next week's episode. Um, I wasn't allowed to have any contact with anybody. I couldn't have Facebook. I couldn't have no phones. They wouldn't allow me to go back to school, like nothing. So this was all during the process of me doing investigations. I literally thought I actually lived at the police station for a while.